This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, it is great to be here again today. It's a beautiful day here in the South. Uh, we don't have one of those North Ethers coming through. It was a little chilly yesterday, but uh, I'm excited to be here today. And I don't know if you know this, David, but uh, your president is coming to the South today. <laughs> no, I didn't notice that. I, I tried to avoid uh, his scheduling. And oh, I, I thought you were on the website every day taking a look at where he was so you could be there. No. But he I'm, is coming to the South today to Nashville to talk about, of course, immigration. Ah. It's interesting. You know, when he gets on his bandwagon to sell stuff, he's pretty good at selling stuff. Well, um, even when he doesn't care about it. Because I don't think he cares one whit about immigration, frankly. Why? What does he care about other than playing golf? And he doesn't do a very good job of that. Well, you know, he's never invited me to play golf. And that kind of ticks me off because I think I could I could give him a game. I do understand he's, one, not a very good golfer. And, two, he's not a very good sport at golfing. Um, so maybe he's not fun to play with after all. I would say there are a lot of mulligans and a lot of, uh, well, I that, that should be a two, not a four. And, uh, <laughs> well, that, that would be regular golf in my book. <laughs> um, you know, David, this whole uh, Obama thing has really, uh, immigration thing has really pushed uh, folks from the G- some folks from the GOP off the edge. They were monumentally concerned, monumentally concerned. I think it caught them completely off guard. That Obama did this. You know, we had talked on the show last month about uh, our belief that Obama was going to do something, but likely do it long after the election when, uh, when the deal on the budget had already been sealed. Uh, now, they have to vote on this budget by the 11th or so of December. And if they don't vote on the budget by the 11th of December, then, of course, the U.S. government supposedly closes, I guess. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, I doubt that's going to happen. And it looks like they've already got a budget deal, but it, it appears to be a budget deal that is being affected directly by the president's statement on immigration, uh, where they're going to adopt this uh, Cromnibus bill, where they're going to have uh, a, the government completely funded through next September, which will be the rest of the fiscal year, which is a good thing. Because it takes a lot of uncertainty out of the market and out of, out, of, out of loans and from banks, and it gets businesses going more securely. Uh, and more importantly, lets uh, folks be more relaxed, but not funding uh, Homeland Security except through February to give the new Republican Congress a chance to come in and whine and moan about Obama's immigration thing. Now, I, I would be disappointed if they did that, because at the end of the day, Congress can, in fact, change anything that the president has done in immigration. They have complete power over immigration. As a professor at, uh, at Emory and formerly at University of Georgia, one of the things I teach in our, in our overview immigration class is that Congress has plenary power over immigration. Este plenary power, and este, I'm speaking Spanish here to do, uh, este, this plenary power is, plenary just means complete. They have complete power over immigration. Whatever Congress says goes for the most part. Uh, and while there are some due process limitations, more so now than there were even 16, 18 years ago when, when IRA, IRA passed, those limitations are very narrow. Uh, and uh, most things that Congress says to do on immigration, the courts will uphold and do. But what Congress forgot as part of this process, and what a lot of Republicans are so upset about, is that President Obama is clearly acting within the law. Now, we're going to have a special guest here in the second half of our show, uh, Cyrus Manta, who wrote a wonderful blog along with his, uh, his friends, uh, G- uh, Gary Edelman, who's senior counsel at Foster Global, about the president's authority, about the lawsuit that was filed by attorney generals. But in the Congress, 
as they as they debate this issue of what they can do to stop the the uh that President Obama has put forward, uh, it's to my view it's really quite simple what the president could do. It's it's I mean Congress could do it. very simple. They could pass the bill. They could have a vote on the immigration bill to pass the Senate, or they could create a new immigration bill in the next year and pass that. But this is a, a fight within the confines of the GOP uh, that is going to maybe tear the party apart. Uh, it is quite clear that you have a group of Republicans who are simply anti-immigrant. Now, I'm not anti-immigrant. I love legal immigrants. As if the people are different who immigrate legally than who have come here without papers. Now, I don't think we should have open borders. I don't think we should. I think we should have secure a secure frontier. I think we should have um, a, a, a process by which we select who comes in the country. But I also think that immigration system should reflect our economic need, our familial needs, uh, and our societal needs. And our current system simply does not do that. And as a result, you have illegal immigration. All illegal immigration does is fill, in a backdoor way, the societal, family, and economic needs of the country that are not being met by the legal immigration. It's nothing more than that. So if you had a legal immigration system uh, that provided to adequately meet the needs, not the needs by some guy in Congress who thinks that the needs are, but through study and hearings and process, what those needs are. And I think that's what happened in the Senate bill then you could effectively stop most illegal immigration. You're not going to uh, you're not going to completely stop illegal immigration. David, this is where I make a big point. I've been meeting with a lot of people recently. I said, "Well, tell me your immigration status." Well, I'm an illegal immigrant. To me, there is no such thing as an illegal immigrant. There's illegal immigration, but people aren't illegal. We don't call somebody who who uh, shoplifts an illegal US citizen because they broke a law. Uh, they are undocumented immigrants, or as, as the statute says, unauthorized aliens is the actual wording used in Section 274 of the Immigration Nationality Act. But there's no such thing as illegal immigrants. There's illegal immigration. We can effectively do away with illegal immigration by having an effective legal immigration system. But th- what we're really looking at here, David, is a massive split in the GOP uh, between those who simply don't like immigrants. And they could talk all they want about, well, legal versus illegal, but they just don't like immigrants. And they are being fed um, the slop from the folks at FAIR and Center for Immigration Studies and Numbers USA, and they're led by Senator Sessions from Alabama. Senator Sessions is, um, in, in, in prior years, uh, would likely be standing on the schoolhouse steps with... Uh, uh, with Governor uh, Wallace. But today he uses immigration as his talking point and uses wonderful phrases of exclusion uh, to talk about immigrants in ways that uh, dehumanize people and in ways that, uh, that inflame the rhetoric. Uh, what you've never seen from Senator Sessions is an actual solution. Uh, and what you won't ever see from him is a solution because he doesn't want a solution. He lives, he feeds on the, re- the rhetoric of hate that spew from him and the organizations uh, that are nothing more than anti-population activists from the 1960s. Uh, Al Hunt really had a terrific article yesterday about this schism that is, it is it, that immigration is creating 
among members of the party, which are clearly going to spill over to 2016. And this is where it gets really quite interesting. David, you know, you and I talked over the last couple of years, particularly during the presidential campaign, about Mitt Romney and Mitt Romney's great failure on immigration, which was his, his utterances of the two words self-deportation, without any plan. Uh, and yet Mitt Romney today is saying we need to pass immigration reform uh, and it needs to be humane, needs to be proper, we're not going to deport all these people. What would we be calling Mitt Romney today if he'd said that two years ago, David? He'd, I think his name would be President Romney. Uh, uh, and yet now he's out there. Now, David, have you seen the recent polls for Republicans running for president and who's leading those polls? I think your phone's ringing. Oh, my phone's always ringing. Uh, that may, in fact, be Mitt Romney calling me right... No, it's not Mitt Romney. It's actually Governor Christie calling me from Camden uh, to ask me how I'm doing. Um, but he... he he doesn't have a plan, but he is leading the polls in Iowa, Mitt Romney. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure his wife's not going to let him run. She's said, in fact, that specifically. He will not be running for president again. Um, but if his rhetoric ex- uh, succeeds, then we will have presidential candidates from the Republican Party who actually will be campaigning on immigration reform. But here's the problem, David. If Republicans don't act on immigration reform before the next election the next Republican candidate could campaign on giving a billion dollars to every American, and they're not going to win because Latinos are not going to vote for the GOP. 70% of Latinos in America know or are related to an undocumented immigrant. President Obama's poll numbers skyrocketed among Latinos after this announcement. Skyrocketed among Latinos. So the GOP has this conundrum here. And people like McConnell and Boehner, they understand this. You, kn- you didn't see McConnell really pulling any anti-immigration stuff in his campaign. I mean, nothing really severe. Uh, and, of course, Boehner didn't really campaign because nobody ran against him. So from those two guys, they understand for the future of the party, they must be doing something. They must do something that will bring uh, the Latino vote, particularly or the, and the Asian vote, to the GOP in sufficient numbers to counter the falling number of white people voting in America uh, and the fact that they're incapable of getting any African-American vote at this point. So there's this real tension between the anti-immigration block in the GOP uh, and uh, the, the, I'm not going to call them pro-immigration, but the realists in the Republican Party going forward. And uh, Hunt says this, and I think this is important, is evident earlier this year when Boehner laid out a plan in a, in a closed-door meeting that would result in the House passage of a comprehensive bill. In March, he told donors he was hell-bent on getting it done. People who know the speaker say he was serious and sincere. The reaction from the grassroots level in the House caucus as well as the Congress was vehement, threatening his speakership. He had to back down. And even as recently as uh, last weekend, Tom Cotton, the Republican senator-elect from Arkansas, the hotbed of undocumented immigration in America uh, said uh, said this on Meet the Press. We know these drug cartels are focused primarily on profit and, uh, and power, uh, raising the specter of Hezbollah con- collusion with drug traffickers without offering a shred of evidence that there's any Hezbollah presence in Mexico. See, this is what we're dealing with, bringing up the rhetoric that is so nativist, that is so full of paranoia, that is so full of, of vehement 
hidden hatred against immigrants that makes it impossible for some Republicans to say, I'm going to vote for this issue. So my hope is we get somebody like Mike Romney, who, if he comes out of his shell and says positive stuff could be good, Jeb Bush, who is good, Chris Christie, who is good, all of whom could moderate the tone on this uh, on, the, on, on, on these campaigns that moves forward towards the presidency from people like um, Ted Cruz, who is literally, as an immigrant himself, since he was not born in America, and thus, David, not allowed to be president of the United States. That's just, that's just me who believes that. Of course, David, that's not just me who believes that. Is that we have our friends that were on the radio with us recently who also don't believe that. Uh, he is becoming the most anti-immigrant, the immigrant, the close-the-door-behind-me kind of guy, of all of these clowns that will be running for president. So I, I, I'm interested to see whether my Republican Party will self-emulate on the, ste- on the, on the steps of the uh, voting, uh, voting house or whether, in fact, they will actually make reasonable changes this year towards immigration reform. That's our first segment here on Immigration. I'll be back in just a minute after, these, after this short commercial break on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del Grupo de Abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. David, it's great to be back today on the uh, most listened to podcast in the known universe on immigration. Isn't that what, uh, what, what Rocky keeps calling us? Something like that. Something yes. like that. I want to thank all of our folks that downloaded this last month, like 23,000, uh, and uh, certainly encourage you to keep listening. And of course, if you have any questions, you can always email me uh, or David, david at americaswebradio.com or chuck at immigration.net. Or certainly call us at 404-816-8611. We're excited to have Cyrus Mehta joining us in about 15 minutes or so to talk about the lawsuit that was filed by attorney generals around the United States. But, David, I want to talk about one of your favorite topics as it relates to immigration. Uh, Will Obama's immigration plan repeat Obamacare's mistakes? So will Obamnesty (laughs) repeat Obamacare's mistakes? Here's here's why I don't think we will, David. Um, First of all, there's no website. <laughs> Not going to be any website. Uh, immigration uh, simply is incapable of entering the electronic era. I guess the other question would be, who is uh, Obama's Gruber going to be in immigration? Is, is there a Joel? Is his name Joel? That's no, not Joel Gruber. What's his first name? Uh, I know a Joel John, Gruber, which is why they came out. John or something. John, Jonathan Gruber. Jonathan Gruber. Uh, really has stuck his foot in it. You know what I don't get? These videos that come out, these didn't happen in... 
last week. This is like years ago. How about the one on Mr. Obama saying that he even stole ideas? Yeah, that was from the campaign. That was from an 08 from the campaign. Um, And he doesn't know him. Gruber just appears to be one of these pompous Harvard dudes. I mean, it's... MIT dude. MIT, yeah, whatever. Harvard, but they're all all across the river from each other. So pompous uh, MIT dudes who thinks he just knows more than everybody else. Uh, Doesn't mean the idea isn't a good idea. The process isn't a good idea. But, and really, how else did it get passed? So is uh, the ex-president of Mexico going to be Obama's advisor on immigration? (laughs) I hope not, dude. He should advise Mexico. they got a big problem. Um, So the whole idea of of healthcare.gov was a nightmare, right? Supposedly it's working now. Uh, But here's the deal. Did you know, David, that there are now a 1,000 job openings at immigration? Yeah. A thousand job I, openings. And they've already got their building. They got their building before. Uh, they, they, well, they're moving into a uh, into an office building that's empty in Crystal City. Do you know where Crystal City is, by the way? It's right across. It's someplace the, outside of Nashville. No. <laughs> that's the Crystal Cathedral, David. That's a different place. <laughs> Completely different place. Well, Crystal City uh, is the home, will be the home of the new DAPA headquarters for uh, USCIS. And they have job openings for a variety of of uh, employees from GS-5s all the way through GS-14 for people to run the new uh, DAPA program. They had estimated they're going to be hiring 1,000 people between now and uh, May when the program is opened up for filing. Uh, Obviously, uh, the Immigration Service, and I say this is an immigration lawyer with 25 years of experience, former AILA national president, having dealt with immigration at every single level from the director all the way down. Uh, This is an agency uh, which has historically been incapable of implementing in any sensible fashion rapidly an efficient program. Thank you, David. And... Because they have been inefficient in creating program, I, I do have somewhat of a cause for concern that they'll be able to handle the application. What we learned from DACA, David, when immigration hired a few hundred people to handle DACA applications is they literally robbed Peter to pay Paul. So they took people off the uh, processing line for spouse cases, U.S. citizen spouse cases, and put them on DACA cases. And so instead of taking six months or less to get your spouse here. It was taking a year to a year and a half to get your spouse here, all to get DACA kids work permits. And people were righteously pissed off about that. Uh, That should not have happened. Uh, This agency should have thought more deeply about what they could do. You know what they tried to do, David? They tried to save money. How much extra money did they make by every one of those 700,000 kids Four hundred sixty-five dollars a piece. What's that like? Two hundred eighty million dollars, something somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, of money that they they were that they got, and they didn't hire any new employees to do the work. That was insane. So now they anticipate have coming in uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of two billion dollars. Because if you're going to have four million people apply at four sixty, I guess it's one point six billion dollars, not four billion. Uh, if I did my math right, uh, four million people coming along, four sixty-five dollars a piece. What, what could they do with a billion dollars of DHS? This is money they didn't have before. Uh, so they're going to be able they're going to hire people and get the, get the process done. I remain concerned uh, that they're not going to timely do these cases. They're not going to do them in an effective manner. And we're going to have people that have applied that will wait six, seven, eight, ten months to get their work permits. Now, part of the process, I've, I've tried to explain to, Dave, to people, 
how long will it take me to get my work permit once I apply, presumably in May? And the typical standard answer is, well, probably three months, maybe a little bit less, but probably three. But we know from our experience with DACA because it could be a lot longer. If you had a previous contact with immigration, they're going to need to get that file before they can adjudicate your case. And that first month, that June, because May, if they're going to announce filing starting May 20th, they're not going to get a lot of applications in May. They're going to get most of them in June. In June, they literally could receive 2 million applications. They get 2 million applications. They're not going to be able to adjudicate those in three months. I mean, it's a physical impossibility. I don't care how many employees they have. 1,000 employees are not going to get that done. And you know, of those 1,000 employees, less than 10% are going to be line officers. They're going to have so many freaking levels of management in there that uh, – going to be completely ineffective government-run organization. Now, if I was in charge, you know what I would do, David? I would outsource this. This is a perfect outsourcing opportunity. But, you know, outsource to who or to what? And, and the other question is, uh, I would assume that these clowns need to be trained by somebody to do something. Right. Well, they're going to be and trained on a take, program that doesn't exist yet. How long does it take to train them? Uh, they couldn't train the Obamacare thing. Well, for their two current years. training program, if I'm not mistaken, is two months long. My guess is most. Is that, these, in, is that in Las that's Vegas? For immig- no, it's in Dallas. That, actually, yeah, it's in Dallas. Uh, and uh, all expenses paid. It is all expenses paid uh, for you to go to Dallas. Um, but that program is to train officers. I think less than far less than a third of these people will be officers. And in order to be trained to be effective in May, they'd have to be hired by Fed. Well, they'd have to be hired now because they all got to get background checks. So, they, oh yeah, they all got some background like checks. Like they do at the TSA. Yeah, yeah. So they, they really only hire effective employees. Uh, only undocumented criminals that. Uh, oh no, no 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 no! Everybody will be documented works for immigration. But it's what's interesting about this is I don't know how they physically can get these people in place by May. I mean, it really, is the FBI going to do a 1,000 background checks that fast? Not good ones. Oh, I don't know how you could. Uh, look at the Border Patrol hiring they've done. How many how many corrupt Border Patrol agents they've hired? Because they hired so fast they couldn't get good people in there. Um, and they weren't having good people applying for the jobs. So at the end of the day, we've got the situation where uh, they have a template. They can use the DACA program as a, as a basis. Um it was not. I mean, some people said Lugovsky, it was unbelievably smooth and efficient. Actually, I don't think it was unbelievably smooth and efficient. I think it was inefficient and unsmooth. Um, and I don't think they pulled off the impossible. Uh, but it got, certainly got better as time went on. But now it's taking longer to get DACA cases approved. And it's not even uh, um, uh, nearly as complicated. Uh, now, the DAPA stuff will be a little more complicated, a little more information is going to be needed. Uh, but at the same time, I think 180 days to do this is too short and too long. Uh, it gives people an opportunity to get their documents together, which is really, really important, to get documents together, get your information together. But at the same time, it's this anticipation. Is it going to come? Is it going to come? Is it going to come? And we have a program uh, that, at the end of the day, should be easy to use, uh, but at the same time, I fear that immigration will use this in a way uh, that is um, detrimental to some people. For most people, it'll be, this will be a fantastic opportunity. And I'm encouraging everybody who's qualified, for the most part, to apply. But there will be people applying either because their lawyers didn't know what they were doing or because they used a notario or did it themselves. 
that shouldn't be applying for this program that may, in fact, get themselves put into deportation proceedings at the end of the day. Uh, but I hope the program works. I mean, I think the program is a good start. Uh, Congress clearly wasn't going to do anything. Uh, Congress is not going to pass immigration reform this year, not going to pass it next year, not going to pass it before the election. Uh, so this is all we're going to have. Uh, my heart breaks, David, for those people who don't qualify for this, whose next-door neighbor does, uh, because the next-door neighbor had a baby, uh, and the other and, and you didn't have a baby because you didn't want to have a baby in the United States because you didn't have a way to pay for it. Or you didn't have a girlfriend, or you didn't have a boyfriend, and didn't want to get, or didn't want to get pregnant. Uh, so you have people who are similarly situated, who have contributed equally, or perhaps even more to, to society, but who are not going to benefit equally. And I think that's a problem in the day for for a lot of people. And that kind of breaks my heart, for people, particularly for people I know from church, uh, who are going to benefit unequally from this process. Uh, and it really hurts for them because I see people who are wonderful human beings, great people who made a choice for a better life here for their kids are making that life. They have a house. They have uh, vehicles. They have good jobs. They have businesses. They really contribute members of society. Their kids are wonderful kids who have DACA, but who just get nothing from this. And uh, that hurts America. That hurts America that they can't go to the next step in their existence. They're kind of stuck in a level. Uh, so hopefully uh, the, uh, a successful DAPA rollout, a successful DAPA program will not be like Obamacare, I hope, because that would be very, very bad. Uh, and I think really what's going to be good about this program, David, also is it will show Congress that it works, that there isn't massive fraud. Uh, and DACA has been very, very good for people. Uh, what's been stunning, though, David, is how some people make dumb decisions when they get benefits like this. For example, we had one young man who got DACA. We were able to get it done after about eight months. And he was so happy he went out to celebrate. And guess what he did? He got a DUI. He got a DUI, which makes him ineligible for the DACA in the future. You know, so people do dumb things. You can't stop people from doing dumb things, but you can change many, many lives. And that's what I'm very excited about. Uh, I just don't think our friends in Congress really care enough right now. Um, and I, David, you're more in touch with this group than I am, but is, is there really that much support out there for um, hating Immigrants? Is there really that much support out there that you can get elected on hating immigrants? I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I, you know, it, it's. I've said this many times in your program and many times in other programs. Uh, it comes right back down to education, and it comes down to something else that my grandfather said, and. Um, many, many years ago regarding race. And uh, he was a Southerner uh, through and through, but he made a very good point, and I can I can bring it right back into immigration, mm-hmm. is that the North loves the blacks as a race and hates them as individuals, whereas the South loves them as individuals and hates them as a race. That's really interesting. Now, you take that to immigration... And I guarantee, I you, I would almost put a thousand bucks on the table and say, you show me the person that's yelling the loudest about hating all immigrants, and I'd almost bet you that they've got an immigrant, maybe undocumented, working for them that they love. They'd do anything for. <laughs> and I bet that's happened. I see that all the time, David. I don't times. care about the rest of these illegals, but I want you to help Juan. Yeah. 
Juan's the best man I but know. Is that not just what well, I said? Yeah, exactly, exactly what you said. You know, the individual is what's in the power, and that's. But, but wait a second, I want to, I want to end that with. What's the difference? What makes it so? One word: education. I agree. The the more education you have, the less likely you are to be afraid of immigrants and more likely to welcome immigrants. It's really that simple. Or if you know them personally, when you know somebody personally, it changes you. Uh, and that personal relationship is key to securing some sort of future. Um, but even people like 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 my uh, like my friend uh, uh, Congressman Labrador from Idaho, immigration lawyer, you'd think he'd be a little more sensible on this stuff. Let's take our next break here on the Immigration Air in America's Way. When we come back, we'll have Cyrus Mehta with us to talk about the lawsuit on immigration by the Attorney Generals. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Traemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the next segment here on America's Web Radio. We have a very special guest today, Cyrus Manta. Cyrus, welcome back. Thank you, Chuck. It's always a pleasure being on your show. I love listening to you talk, Cyrus, and I love your blog. Uh, hopefully our listeners are all reading the Insightful Immigration blog. Uh, Cyrus, you post that just about every Sunday, don't you? That's right. Uh, and this week particularly caught my attention, one, because you quoted Scripture, which is wonderful, uh, and two, because you addressed one of my favorite topics, litigation, and the remarkably frivolous litigation filed by now 20 states against uh, the Obama administration uh, for his recent announcement on deferred action. So, uh, Cyrus, tell me, what's, uh, what's bad about this lawsuit? The way I see this lawsuit is that it's a waste of uh, time and taxpayer money. That, that's what... <laughs> it's really that's that's si- it's really that simple, it. isn't it? Now, you know, it, it, it makes for an interesting read. You've read the complaint. It makes for an interesting read, doesn't it? Absolutely. It reads like a tabloid. It, it does. Opinion. That's exactly right. Like I'm reading World Net, World Net Daily or I'm reading the National Enquirer. Uh, right, it, because any, any uh, law student, even a first-year law student, would realize that um, a lot of it is based on Obama's uh, press statements when he had previously indicated that he couldn't really 
do much uh, on his own. He wanted Congress to reform the law. And, you know, there are quotes where he says, I'm president and I'm not king. I can't do these things just by myself. And then he went ahead and um, introduced the deferred action uh, programs on November 20th. And now they're saying that he uh, contradicted himself. So this is this is the basis of the, at least the factual basis in the lawsuit. And, and that's not a, you know, there's no legal basis for it. They have kind of alleged that he has um, overstepped his uh, constitutional authority. He has stepped into the province of the legislature. Uh, but they have not really elaborated upon it, the plaintiffs in the lawsuit. It seems to me, you know, and, and you made an interesting point early on, uh, before you posted your blog, about why they filed in Brownsville, Texas. There's a judge there who, uh, a few years ago, had issued a very interesting decision. This was a criminal case involving a smuggler, the person who was smuggling uh, children into the United States, and um, the children were then united um, with with their, their parents. parent who was living in the U.S. Um, in an undocumented capacity. Now, this is uh, an obligation on the part of the DHS to reunite uh, unaccompanied minors with family members in the United States. A- an obligation imposed status. by Congress, right? Sorry? Uh, an obligation imposed by Congress by that's statute. That's right. It's under the TRVPA. That's, right. that's the traf- you know, Trafficking Reauthorization Act. Right. But there's also a, a case called the Flores Settlement uh, that, mm-hmm. that has imposed this obligation on the Department of Homeland Security. So they were doing just that. And, and this judge made an observation, uh, quite, quite a you know, sarcastic observation, uh, stating that uh, the Department of Homeland Security was, in fact, uh, aiding and abetting in the crime of the smuggler <laughs> by reuniting the child with the parent. And he equated it to um, a smuggler bringing in contraband brand into the United States and then the government distributing uh, the contraband to the intended recipients. Now, you know, equating drugs to a child is um, a bit problematic, in my opinion, but uh, this goes to show that this judge um, seems to be um, um, not a know, huge fan of the Obama administration. Perhaps? Against uh, at least the policies of the Obama administration. Now that was a case based on its own facts. You know, it was right. a case. It was a criminal case, and he made this observation in the context of an order. Well, we are hoping that this judge will apply law over politics and do the right thing and dismiss the case because uh, we all think, at least. Uh, uh, we lawyers and uh, both Chuck, you and I are uh, immigration law professors. We know that uh, the president does have uh, prosecutorial discretion, can determine um, whom he um, wants in the country and whom he does not, uh, and can prioritize um, on enforcement. And, and this is exactly what he's done. He's not kind of indicated that all 12 million undocumented people can remain in the U.S., um, what he said is that Congress uh, only funds the executive with uh, so much money to deport about 400,000 a year. Uh, if you deport 400,000 a year, it's going to take 20, 30 years to deport 12 million people. Uh, there's no funding given by Congress to the executive to deport all 12 million people. It also won't be the right thing to do for a democratic country like ours to tear apart families. So you prioritize on the enforcement. You want to uh, deport uh, people who are high priority 
for enforcement purposes, such as national security risks, mm-hmm. uh, violent um, gang members and the like. But people who've uh, uh, remained here and their only offense has been to violate the immigration law, but they have family here, especially children, they should be considered law enforcement uh, for uh, uh, priority for purposes of removal. Yeah, and, and you know what's interesting about that is he did choose. He, he actually made a choice between not everybody who has been in the U.S. for X period of time, but only those who have been here for X period of time and have a child born here or a child who's a permanent resident, which, you know, they've estimated at, you know, five, four, four or five million, I think it's probably closer to three million uh, that will actually apply. So really it's less than 30% of undocumented immigrants in America. Yes. Now, one of the things I loved about this lawsuit is they use the Administrative Procedures Act as one of the bases for the complaint. Now, you and I, Cyrus, we probably have thought about the same thing as a basis for a complaint against every uh, the, the Bush administration, the Clinton administration, the Obama administration, because frequently we have rulemaking by FAQ um, in, in various areas of immigration law. So to us, to have this happen, we go, okay... We, yeah, Administrative Procedures Act, we'd love to see that followed in every aspect of immigration. But courts have repeatedly ruled in lawsuits in the last 20 years that there is wide discretion within the agency to basically have rulemaking by FAQ, which is all this is, rulemaking by memo. That's right. Um, courts have actually upheld that. But I think the more important issue is whether the states really have standing Mm-hmm. I agree. To challenge the precedent. Because in order to have standing, there must be an injury in fact or a threatened injury in fact, correct? That's correct. Now, there is an environmental uh, law case, uh, Massachusetts versus EPA. It was a Supreme Court decision a few years ago where uh, the plaintiffs did get standing because they could show that uh, the environmental pollution, uh, the greenhouse gases, uh, did cause injury. However, to equate um, immigrants with uh, greenhouse uh, gases and pollutants would be odious because uh, immigrants also bring benefits uh, to the states and to the economy uh, rather than uh, cause harm and damage to the plaintiffs. Now, the, the, other, the other ground, there's basically two grounds that they used in this lawsuit. One was the APA, and the other was the Constitutional Take Care Clause, Take Care That Laws Be Faithfully Executed. Has there really ever been any lawsuit at Supreme Court level or anywhere else interpreting what the Take Care Clause means? I think, I think that begs a very broad uh, interpretation because uh, the president is indeed taking care mm-hmm. of the immigration laws in the way I had um, discussed earlier. If there is uh, only authorization of funding to deport uh, a few hundred thousand a year, then there is no funding to deport 12 million um, in, in one year. Uh, so, so the president is kind of taking care of the law in, uh, in a way that Congress has actually implicitly authorized him to do so. There, there are also other uh, uh, issues. Um, within the Immigration Act, uh, there are certain provisions in the Act, like Section 103, that gives the president broad authority to administer the act. Mm-hmm. So 103 is pretty broad and gives the president uh, the authority to do what he's done. Uh, there's also another provision in the employment authorization uh, section in Section 274A that essentially gives uh, the executive branch uh, 
authority to grant work permits to uh, any non-citizen. Therefore, there is broad authority in the Act itself, and and therefore making this constitutional claim that he's not taking care of the law is um, problematic, in my opinion, and should not hold much water. Yeah, you know, this is what this is obviously from our perspective a completely political lawsuit. Uh, it's all about this is all about politics. This is all about. Uh, different attorney generals signing on to this. I, I learned, Cyrus, by the way, that Georgia was listed, I think, third on the list. The governor was not asked whether he wanted to join this lawsuit before the attorney general of Georgia put the state's name on it, for example. Um, and That's interesting. And I've heard the reverse, where uh, governors have uh, wanted to join the lawsuit, but the attorney general may belong to the Democratic Party and may not be so inclined to... Well, I mean, I can't think of any precedent where the states have sued the president and the executive branch over what is essentially a political question. I agree with that. It's basically a dogfight right now between the executive and and the Congress, and and a court uh, uh, should not interfere, especially when when a state has uh, asked the court to rule on this uh, yeah, I, I think Judge Hayden in Brownsville, I, I think, ultimately will do the right thing here. He, he will probably put some salaciously terrible comments uh, in his order dismissing the lawsuit, much like the judge was in Arkansas, I believe, when the ICE agents sued over DACA and their, th- their suit was thrown out as well. Um, and the judge made some you know, comments that were essentially political comments uh, about the rightness or wrongness of what was going on. But at the end of the day, said there is no jurisdiction here. We hope that Judge um, uh, Hayden will do the right thing. Uh, I've, I've heard uh, good things about the judge, that he is, uh, he is basically a judge who will uh, apply the law rather than uh, put politics over the law, so we can just hope for the best. Well, but even, even if there is a, a ruling um, against um, the Obama administration, hopefully the Fifth Circuit should reverse. The Fifth Circuit recently has come down uh, with a good case. Um, uh, that's the Farmer's Branch case. Yeah, Farmer's Branch uh, case, absolutely. Where, where the Fifth Circuit upheld the supremacy of federal immigration law over state law. Well, and, and that's what the Supreme Court has done repeatedly, most recently in the Arizona case. Even in the Arizona case, yeah. even though they upheld the show-me-the-papers statute, but all the other uh, Arizona uh, state immigration provisions were blocked because they were preempted by federal law. And even in Arizona, there's a very powerful statement that recognizes that the federal government does have prosecutorial discretion to determine whom to start removal proceedings against. Exactly right. And, you know, when I I started the show talking about plenary power, Congress, if, if Congress doesn't like this, they have a very simple solution. They can pass a bill the president will sign. And this issue goes away. The president has repeatedly said that um, and has invited Congress to pass a bill, and then he would uh, throw away the executive orders. Uh, 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 you, one last minute here. Your prognostication, will Congress do that before Obama leaves office? I doubt very much because um, in the Republican-controlled Congress, um, even though there are um, high-minded um, uh, people in the Republican Party who believe uh, in the power of immigrants and immigration, 
there is a faction in the party that is uh, opposed to any kind of uh, beneficial immigration reform. They're, oppo- they're in favor of uh, beefing up enforcement. And that's where uh, the problem lies. Uh, I don't think the party is unified and they have to get um, the extremist element um, either out of the way or in line. And they're now known as the boxcar uh, Republicans. Uh, I've heard that phrase as well. I've heard that phrase as well. That is uh, derogatory in the extreme, but is quite apt and descriptive. Well, Cyrus, it's been great having you on your show. I know you're preparing for oral argument, uh, and I wish you well in that, and thank you for your blog. I'd invite our listeners, of course, every Sunday night or Monday morning, go to the Insightful Immigration blog. It's blog.cyrusmehta.com, and you will be educated every week. Thank you again, Cyrus. Thank you very much, Chuck. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. We'll be back, back on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the final segment on America's Web Radio. It is a gorgeous day. Uh, and we've had a great discussion today on the, the lawsuit that was filed, as well as on the uh, uh, our friends in Congress. Now, David, they have passed a bill uh, to censor the president on uh, on immigration reform uh, on immigration uh, uh, changes he's made. Uh, here's one thing that many people don't know about David: Did the president actually sign an executive order? We discussed that uh, last week, and you said he, he no. did not, and he's not going to sign an executive order on these programs because he doesn't have to. These are not executive orders are are, are typically. Uh, um, and he, by the way, Obama has probably signed. I think the number I saw fewer executive orders than any of the last like dozen presidents. Mostly because I think he I- implements policy through cabinet secretaries, who completely within their within their uh, within their belly. But in fact, if you read the Immigration Nationality Act, it says. The Attorney General shall. The Secretary of Homeland Security shall. So it's really directed to the specific lower-level individuals and not to the office of the presidency uh, itself. And uh, what, what's interesting about that is, and I t- we talked about this when Cyrus was on just now, uh, it gets me angry sometimes that the Immigration Service will implement policy changes either through requests for evidence by asking for stuff that just is completely irrelevant to to an application, or through through what we call FAQs, frequently asked questions. That's been a favorite process of the Department of Labor, and it makes it very difficult to pin them down 
on what their actually policies are and what the basis of their policies are. Because to me, not only if you have a you have a policy, but you must have a basis for that policy uh, to uh, to make that happen. Now. Uh, coming up, Dave, a little bit of procrastination, prognostication. I think Congress is leaving this week, right? Is this your last week in session? Uh, is there a vote this week on the uh, on the money issue? It has to come by uh, – today is the 9th, so it must come by Thursday. So I assume there is some sort of, of process on there. Um, and we've got a, a situation where immigration – I think Boehner has managed to get it out of the way and, and pass the, the, the bill they need – um, and uh, see what can happen. Now, David, you have a Twitter here, don't you? What's your Twitter account? Uh, America Web Radio. America's Web Radio. Well, we can't do the yes; it's too long, so it's just America. America Web, Web Radio. Radio. America Web Radio. So you, sh- you should definitely be a friend of America Web Radio. David does tweet out. Um, and the uh, recently, the New York Times did a story on a guy who who makes immigration what they call it, radioactive. Radioactive, and uh, uh, the story is about Roy Beck. Roy Beck is the head of Numbers USA, uh, who is apparently a low key, low key guy, very casual guy. People like like him personally, uh, but his organization, Numbers USA, deploys three million people uh, to blast congressmen and senators with emails, phone calls, uh, faxes, all focused on undocumented immigrants as criminal invaders and wolves at the door. Um, Roy Beck's group, Numbers USA, was started by uh, FAIR and by our friend, uh, uh, friend John Tanton as an anti-population group. Numbers USA. It's to them about how many people live in America, as if we have too many that live here right now. Uh, David, did you see the report? It was on the front page of the New York Times. I know you do New York Times every day, don't you? You're a big New York Times guy. You should. The app is free. You get 10 articles a month. You just read the headlines. That's all you need to do. Education, education, education. Do you know what the birth rate is among whites in the United States? No. You know what replacement level birth rate should be? No. 2.2. So every woman should have 2.2 kids. That 2.2 that point two is that the hard point one. 2 is, uh, is... The birth rate is below 2%. Below 2 right now for whites in America. And in fact, for everybody in America... Whites, blacks, Latinos, the birth rate overall is below replacement level. So the only immigration, pop, only population increase we have really effectively comes from immigration. So if we cut off immigration, what would happen to the population of America? It would shrink. And you'd have what our friends in Japan have, which is a shrinking economy. Economy is struggling. Europe has the same problem. The European economy is struggling. Again, part of it is a population issue. If you don't have new people to fill new jobs, you are not going to have a growing economy. If all you're looking to do is replace people that are already working in jobs that already exist, then you're really you're not going to have anything that resembles any sort of growing company. You're going to have stagnation and, in some instances, deflation. Uh, what always amazes me is um, Beck, for example. He has a budget of $10 million and 35 staff members. You could, man, if I had a budget of $10 million of our staff members just to spew anti-immigration hate, I think I'd be more effective than even he is. Uh, because I think it's easy in some ways to find people who don't want to understand uh, the importance of immigration to American society and to our future growth and thus have generated that fear 
and it, everything you read about them, everything they put in there is about fear. You know, they, I don't know anybody. I don't like living in fear. I, I don't want to live my life. I want my kids to live life in fear. I'd rather look for the good and find different ways to be successful and provide a win-win for everybody rather than saying, well, I have to win so you have to lose kind of situation and you have to get out of this country because you're bad people uh, because you broke a regulation by coming in undocumented or you overstayed your visa, which is really no violation at all of any laws. It's a violation of, of regulation um, and comes certainly with no criminal penalties. Uh, it's been interesting to see the, the Twitter uh, response uh, to that particular uh, article uh, because it's really uh, pulled out a lot of, uh, uh, of feelings um, uh, from people uh, about that process, about, about what they do and what they don't do. Uh, for example, now, I'm not a big fan of anonymous people on Twitter. This guy, Anonymous1984, whatever. He's a, he's a white is right hate monger who's fearful that people of color will take over and give him a taste of his own policies. Um, and then you've got other people uh, that say this. New York Times, Obama made immigration radioactive. Uh, I, had a, I had a friend who was a reporter who said, you should never read the comments <laughs> on a blog or anything else. Um, the other guy, George Anderson, a guy he's not afraid to put his name on there, a certified clown car, <laughs> clown car chauffeur peddling fear in Southern Cole. I like that. Certified clown car chauffeur. Um, I, which, I wonder which tribe the Becks are members of. Uh, and then finally, this person. There's no good system right now. And this is what it boils down to. It's time Congress becomes part of the solution. Obama said this, I thought, was most, one of the most powerful things he says. The system we have today is amnesty. It's amnesty. When you don't have the ability to enforce the law because you don't fund it sufficiently, then you have amnesty. You are letting people live here. So if you're going to let people live here as a society uh, in a first world country, let's do it the right way. Let's let them work legally. Let's let them live legally. And then let's figure out a way that's win-win for everybody, win-win for the country, win-win for them and their families that make this solution possible at the end of the day. I... uh, uh, I hope as we move forward here that our friends in Congress will listen. Uh, I'm certainly going to go meet with my congressman over the break. I'm going to see, what, see if I can meet with Mr. Price about this, see where he stands on this. Uh, he, and, and I know what he's going to say already. Here's what he's going to say. We, this is illegal what the president did. Okay, let's put that aside for a second. You think it's illegal, whatever. You know it's not. I mean, you're, not, you're, you're a doctor. I'll forgive you for not knowing the law. That's fine. What is your solution? Enforce the border. Okay, what is your solution after that? And what do you mean by enforce the border? Until they put forward a plan that actually is fundable and workable, I think they lose the right to complain. I think you lose the right to comment on it if you don't have a fundable plan. You should deport everybody. Okay, it's a wonderful plan. That's what they call boxcar Republicans, by the way. They deport everybody. Uh, In obvious reference to the Holocaust, you get that. Um, But great, what's your plan to do that? And whenever I challenge people on Facebook about that or on Twitter, I never get a response because they have no response. You know, we need to have a strong border enforcement. Okay, how? What would you do differently? How many Sikorsky helicopters do you want? How many landmines do you want? How many manned or unmanned gun turrets do you want on the border to deter illegal immigration? Is that really what you want? Do you want to build East Germany in America? That's what you want. I said, how about this? How about we pass a law that makes it completely unfavorable and stupid to come illegally because you can come legally instead. How about we do that? Well, we can do that after the border is secure. 
That's <laughs> just like, whoa. Some people you can't talk to, David. Some people you can't talk to. Uh, so, David, you have Christmas plans coming up here. I assume you do. You're going out of town? You're going to be in town? What's the deal? We'll be in town, as always. And uh, America's Web Radio will be on the air 24-7 right through the right holidays. Right through Christmas, right? Right through right. the holidays? Certainly. And, uh, you know, there, there are some people that uh, uh, celebrate and others that don't. And so we provide a forum for everybody. And uh, we'll be here and... Uh, and for New Year's as well. So I'm excited about that. We are uh, going to hopefully be able to record our podcast all the way through the year since Tuesday is a couple days before Christmas. It gives us time uh, time to do that. Um, and uh, the uh, the other thing I want to prepare for is Christmas is uh, David. Let's hope let's all do something nice for somebody. It's a great time of year to, to remind us uh, for those of us that are Christians uh, what the purpose of Christmas is. Is uh, uh, Christmas is about to bring it around to the immigration theme? Christmas is amnesty. Uh, Jesus Christ's birth and death and resurrection is all about amnesty. Uh, amnesty and forgiveness for nothing. Uh, for the sins that we've committed, the things we've done wrong, for the harm we've caused, uh, that atonement, that, that, that birth of the Savior of the world is the ultimate amnesty. Uh, and let's keep that in mind as we move forward as next year, uh, that at the end of the day, uh, we, we are all uh, God's children, and we should figure out a way to bring everybody together in a way that makes us stronger as a people and as individuals. So if you get a chance to help somebody this Christmas, if you get a chance to help a family, uh, take it. Bring Christmas to somebody. Uh, bring a tree. Bring a present. Help their kids. Do what's right, and you will feel good all year long. So that's, that's it for this week on America's Web Radio. David, thanks for having us, and we'll talk to you next week on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.